honestly, Jesus Christ is risen today is an absolute fucking banger. And I love that. Um, she is that I described been, in the church. She doesn't use those words, but I definitely would. Um, all right, guys, open your hymnals for this absolute fucking banger. Jesus Christ is risen today. Uncensored. I'm your host, Chris Marler. We're joined by a very special guest. Tyler is still gone because he has spring break, um, his second senior year. Uh, but we're joined by a good buddy of mine that um, I always say this and it sounds weird, but it's like we met on the internet. But that's not, it's not 1999 anymore, so that doesn't sound as weird. Um, right. This is a great introduction, so I've nailed it so far. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> Philip Dukes um, from 24-7 Sports and Auburn Undercover, uh, arguably the only Auburn writer that I've I, We'll probably ever get on this show. Uh, but... <laughs> no, man, how you been? I've been cool, man. Just uh, staying out of the way, staying busy, just, you know, enjoying the uh, spring run in college football, you know, get yeah. some football back, right? Mm, I guess. I mean, we got, like, spring games and stuff like that. I, I was looking at the, the schedule for this spring games and shit like that because, like, obviously we were done with basketball season. Obviously Auburn was done, you know, earlier than some teams. Um, right. We don't have to get into that. Um, also, side note, real quick, and our first ADD moment is: Did you see that they have like twenty four seven sports put out the early, like way too early top twenty five for next year for basketball? Yeah, I saw that. Kentucky's not in the top twenty five. No, they're not. <laughs> <laughs> that's like a, that's no. a fair response. But I mean, like with Wagner coming in, I just, I like. The rankings already out, but I just have a hard time believing that they won't be there once the season starts because it's fucking Kentucky and everyone always gives them the benefit of the doubt. They're like Notre Dame, man. They're Notre right. Dame basketball. It's just it's it's obnoxious. Um, I, mean, those, I think that's one of those things where the omission is the list, right? Whereas like, I know. right? It's kind of like, uh, oh, Kentucky's not there, right? Okay, we got to go see what the hell is wrong with these guys, right? Right. So, that's the talking point. Right. Right. Dude. Yeah. yeah. Smart move. It's like fucking big game boomer shit. Um, anyway, <laughs> he, that's another thing. We might get into that later too. I might just add that in there. He had like he ranked his. I don't follow. I he's like the nicest dude ever. We had him on the podcast. Unbelievably nice dude. I had to just like block him on Twitter on my old account when I had an account because I just like got so tired of seeing all these like lists and stuff and i know what he like putting out a list in our business is very difficult to do like you i'm sure you had to do it it's, it's like there's never anybody that's like it's like oh man i agree with everything on here you're great you're really good at your job it, right. it's never that it's always like like the worst shit um but like he i like last year i just it was so much but he did the top 50 friendliest coaches in college football how the fuck do you know that <laughs> that's exactly for one um he had kirby at 12 which like my favorite thing about Kirby is how unfriendly he is. Like 
I don't – I just – my favorite Curry moment ever is when he's coming off the field against Florida and they just beat Florida by 35 fucking points and he's and they see him going, fuck these motherfuckers. And I was like, yeah, <laughs> that's your number one happiest coach. Nice coach. Anyway, um, so we got a, a decent amount of content to get to today. How the fuck does he know that? <laughs> he doesn't. He doesn't. He's like, okay, now let's let's like let's backtrack a little bit, and then think about like how does he know when it's like fucking like hey, here's the top fifty pizza restaurants in the Pac-12. <laughs> um, all right, so here's what we got. We're gonna talk about the um, recruiting budget report that came out from twenty four. For I'm sorry, from CBS Sports. Right. Uh, we're gonna talk a little bit of Auburn spring football. Um, since you're obviously an Auburn insider. And then also talking about the freeze comments about the spring, spring game. They were kind of interesting where he said, and we've heard this before, but like throwing out the idea of playing like an, like an in-state, basically P5 versus, you know, like FCS or a P5 versus group of five um, matchup for the spring game. He did bring up a good point about it. We'll get into all of it. Um, and then after that, we got the spring quarterback battles, like the, probably the top three, because we got spring game starting Next weekend, there's three big ones that I want to talk about, which is Texas, Ole Miss, and Ohio State. Then um, talk a little Auburn. And then since it's master, Masters Week, we'll talk some bucket list uh, stuff as well, non-football related. So let's get into the budget thing, which is a word that I rarely use in my own personal life because I don't know how to do that. Me but like, <laughs> So the recruiting budget like report came out from uh, CBS Sports and – I, I've seen some of the numbers that had come out before because it was it was kind of crazy because you had um, you like I knew Georgia had kind of left everyone behind like left everyone in the dust on this right um, but we saw it a couple of years back and it was like wow so and so is spending a million dollars in recruiting every year so and so is spending this so and so is spending that um, and then this year it took off and Georgia was spending four point five million dollars which is almost double every other single program in the country. Um, I have a top 10 list right here, but want to hear your thoughts on it because you're, I mean, like that's one of your main things that you cover is recruiting. Um, the top 10 list that we had, where the fuck did it go? Hold on. I know I had it. Um, like I said, Georgia was at one. This kind of surprised me uh, at two, which was Clemson. Clemson being at two, which I mean, like you kind of expect it, but you also kind of don't um, strictly because like, I don't, I don't feel like they dominated recruiting as much as they've had in the past. And then also the sheer number that they were spending 3.2 million. That's almost 33% of the entire ACC spend that we got from the report. Uh, A&M, Tennessee, 3 million, 2.9 respectively. OU in Texas, 2.6, 2.4. Bama's at seven with 2.3. Michigan at 2.2, which was surprising, but like, I, I respect that. Um, Oregon at nine with 1.8 and Florida at 10 with 1.6. Right off the bat, my biggest surprises out of this were the fact that Ohio State wasn't on it in the top 10. Mm -hmm. That was very surprising to me. And then the other one is that <clears throat> the two teams that seem to be spending the most for the least amount of, like, return – Georgia Tech spent only $50,000 less than Ohio State. They spent the fourth most wow. $1.24 million on recruiting last year. <laughs> what are you going to Magic City? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> I mean, like, if you're spending that and getting that little return, it's like basically if you, like, you got a shopping spree to go to fucking like 
Hollister or or like Von right. Dutch. So it's like that shit's been out of style forever. Like getting like Ed Hardy t-shirts like at like in both. <laughs> and like so they finished 62nd in the country. And then the other one that was super surprising from the Big Ten was Rutgers spent the second most in the Big Ten with 1.6 million dollars to finish 57th in recruiting. Like what what were your takeaways from this list? Uh one, um Rutgers recruits. Right. Uh, <laughs> like they 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 do that and uh I guess secondly, um, Alabama did got a lot of bang for their buck, right? Mm-hmm. For that class to be number seven, I was totally and wholeheartedly expecting them to be right behind Georgia. And the fact yeah. that they were seventh on the list and six more teams or five more outside of Georgia spent more than them, they got a lot of bang for their buck. And uh, I can see how Clemson – well. I really want to know what goes into those numbers. So right. when I talk to guys who are being recruited, a lot of them say that Clemson probably has like the coolest uh, football Always. facility with the whole touch screen deal and the uh, plyometric. The plyometric, yeah, man. They, and they've been ahead of that. Like I'm, when they recruited me for baseball, that was like, I remember that being a whole thing where like they were ahead of their time by a long shot with, with the plyometric stuff. Yeah, so I could see, like, what, but it's kind of hard. Like, I don't think Dabo Swinney and spend a lot of money or make it rain. Like, I don't, right, no. you know, right. Oh, yeah, give them, give them more stake. But a lot, they recruit well for a reason. And the way mm-hmm. they do it, they basically, like, in June, they have, like, they basically do all their official visits on one weekend. Okay. And that has to be, like, the majority. And they're probably all staying and, like, so I could see how, because if you think like when a lot of people come to a, a small town like that, it's going to drive up the hotel rates, right? right. It's going to drive up everything in town. So if you're doing all your officials, it's probably a little bit of self-inflicted inflation in there, maybe. Maybe but I yeah. don't know how much. Yeah, I don't know how much of that goes into that number, but well, I mean, how much like if this is nil? Like 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 because it can't be all of it by any means. But I wonder how. I wonder if it's included at all, and because I, I didn't see it in the report. And and I feel like it probably isn't just because the numbers would be they, they would have to be higher, right? Like they would and have just to and just higher. by and just by the rules on NIL, um, you know, as far as as an institution, like I don't think you can include NIL in recruiting. Period. Like a school right. can't use NIL to recruit legally, right? So, right. Because a school can't. It's the collective that can. Right you know, the out the third party. So I don't think they they involved. Now, if they want to do NIL money, then you'll probably see Ohio State number one or number right. two. You'll see, like, it, it get different. And I don't think, like, the Rutgers would be anywhere near it as far as NIL. Like, I don't know one player from Rutgers. Right. Yeah, I mean, and like, I know Shiano's there, and, and, and he's he's won before at Rutgers. Like, the, you know, they've they've been something in the past. Um, I, and I tell you what, so we have the top 10. I have the top 10 pulled up here. This is what was surprising to me from that. Or like, just if you're wondering what the, what, because that's just this, this last class, right? This is just 2022. Right. So mm-hmm. the way they broke this down was they had the numbers from the 2022 recruiting cycle. And they had the last six years from 2017 uh, to last year's recruiting cycle. Now, when you look at the numbers, there's like very, there's several trends that make a lot of sense, right? So it's like Georgia, like I'm going to read this in order from who spent the most to least and from the top 10, Georgia, had the second, they spent the most, they had the number two overall class. Clemson spent the second most, they had the number 11 class. AM, third most, 15th ranked class. Um, Tennessee, uh, fourth, they had the 10th ranked class. 
OU, Texas were five and six. They were four and three in, in uh, the classes. George, or Bama at seven um, had the number one overall class. You had Michigan at eight with the number 17 class. Oregon at nine, number nine class. And Florida at 10 with the 14th grade class. So when you go through it, almost every team was in the top 15 or right around the top 10. So like right. you, you are, you talk about getting the bang for your buck. Like you're, you're getting that. The surprises like, like kind of started and stopped with like the sheer number that people are seeing. Cause like, like I didn't, I didn't think about this, but Oklahoma state is, is not a school that I ever tie recruiting to. Now they perform well in the field and they seem like they're always, you know, around um, and, and like competing at least up until November every single year. But it's like, they had the lowest number out of all 52 teams in this report from the power five. And they were almost $4 million lower than Georgia. They spent mm. about $450,000 total in recruiting. Oh, wow. um, that was surprising. And then the other thing is like, I, there was never a part of me that read this and was like, man, Georgia's overspending like <laughs> the results. I mean, the results speak for themselves. Like, it's like, why would you not do this? If you know that these are going to be the results and right. Kudos to Kirby because if you're if you're like not only going to outspend everyone by over a million dollars, like George George is averaging spent one point three million dollars more than everyone else in last year's recruiting cycle, right. and over one point one million dollars a year over the last six cycles combined. They mm. spent they spent five million more than everyone else. Like like it's not even it's really not that close. But like hats off to Kirby for being able to figure out. I guess visors off to Kirby. Like since like <laughs> that's like not only are we gonna spend more, but they almost doubled up every fucking team in the country. I mean, they and they did it on the field too. Like mm-hmm. they basically doubled up every team in the country on the field. Uh they are back to back champions. They, I mean, they know what they're doing. Like, if you go to Georgia, I had a really good quote um from a Georgia staffer. Uh they were in a hotly contested battle with a guy last year, and they were saying, uh, and, and, you know, people were saying, or oh, where's this guy gonna go to school? And the, the guy from Georgia was like, we're not worried. I'm like, why wouldn't you worry about him taking another official, uh, taking right. an official visit to this school? And he's like, what can you get anywhere else that you can't get at Georgia? Right. Like, he simply, he said, now, I was like, well, do you tell the kids that? He's like, absolutely. That, that's, that's what I tell them. Right. What can you go get somewhere else that you can't get in Georgia? Yeah. You get championship culture. We got the facilities. We got the fans. We got the championship. Like you name it, like, and we're kind of the buzz school. You get Nike, like, and you're also putting the- in the clothes now, which is like, like, it, you know, it's you know, what's crazy about Georgia, and it's so, so Kirby's does such a great job with because in the past you would hear stuff like, all right, Saban's going to bring in the best recruits every single year, right? right. And then this is before NIL, so you, you like it would always be, like, oh, they're cheating or they're doing whatever. Now all this shit's legal and at your disposal, and like, then so then like the arms race starts where it's like, all right, we got to have better facilities, we got to have a better stadium, we got to have, and then we got to have better practice facilities. I still just will never get over the fact that Georgia didn't have an indoor like facility until Kirby got there. And then, and then finally, and it wasn't like, like we always look at Georgia of like getting over the hump from like not winning championships. Right. right. But think about how quickly that program and the culture that you brought up has changed where it's like, you didn't have an indoor facility. Your locker room was shit. Like you're like all, all of your training facility and you still have one of the best campuses and, and stadium environments in the country. So people want to go there. Georgia's the most like, you know, outside of Texas and Florida, the most talent rich, like, like recruiting fertile ground in the country. And it's like, it's, it's so much past California. I'm not even going to get into that, but like that whole thing. And now you're talking about 
he I, I feel like Kirby has done he's like led more of like a, like a pioneering path I guess for like lack of better words on how to build a championship program than Saban has and I mean that by like you saw Billy Napier go to Florida and he's like I'm not coming here unless you put this amount of money into the facilities and this amount of money into the recruiting budget because that's what Kirby did and that's who he has to compete with I just right. I mean but yeah, I, I thought that was really interesting. And, and then from the trend standpoint, um, these are, like I said, there's 52 total teams that reported the budgets. Um, when you look at the total number of teams that spent over, uh, what is it? Um, over a million dollars, right? Like, which I, mm-hmm. like, I put that as like the benchmark. Teams that spent over a million dollars over the last six years on average, there's only 13 of them. Oh, wow. Yes. Um, there's six in the SEC, of course. And then seven from the rest of the Power Five conferences combined, so right. thirteen total. But you look at this year alone, and you start seeing like more of the arms race and what it takes to win in college football. Thirty total teams from this past year in the Power Five of the fifty-two spent over a million dollars. That's crazy. Yeah, I mean, I, but you look at college football as an institution. Like even when you bring in NIL, it, it's, it's it's basically a money pit. Yeah. And where is this money coming from? Like, who is saying, oh, we got five million dollars to make high school kids like us? Like, what? Right. But that's what is going on. And not even to mention the crazy NIL numbers that I'm hearing is yeah. as I get closer and closer to different programs, I'm hearing, oh, well, this guy's getting this amount and this guy's getting this amount. And it, it I almost feel like the model is unsustainable without cutting in a bit of the TV revenue sharing type deals mm-hmm. with some of these schools in a in a larger fashion than what they're doing now i mean you, you have to I, I i'm almost thinking like it'll be directly related to what schools like maybe there won't be a even share anymore right like, it'll be like you know what georgia did this and georgia's going to get this and maybe we'll get the sec a little bit of it instead of the right. sec getting it and giving it to us yeah because i don't think he's gonna go for that but i mean it's just like but I, you're like you're not wrong Sanky leg. see the thing is too it's like i think it's good for the whole conference because it's like some of these some of these teams it's it's just kind of funny to watch because because so let's like break it down by conference okay i told you so there were 30 total teams that spent over a million dollars last year they were only of the power five conferences right so 30 the from fifth to first like the the most amount of teams per conference to least the Big 12 only had two, and that was Texas and Oklahoma. Um, they these uh ACC only had four, and again, still shocked that Georgia Tech was in, included in that. Um, and then the Pac 12 had six, but they also had the lowest average of any of any power five team. Like they they had like a, like an Oregon spent like 1.8, like we saw, and there were several other teams, USC not included, by the way, which I thought was interesting. Um, yeah. but everyone's like right hovering around a million dollars flat, right? Um, the Big Ten had eight, which is like you know, impressive. It, and Ohio State not in that as well. Oh, actually, no, Ohio State was. And then the SEC out of the 13 teams reported 10 of them over a million dollars. And the only wow. ones you didn't have was like Kentucky, uh, Mississippi State, and I'm sorry, I shouldn't have this in front of me, and I don't, but it was Kentucky, Mississippi State, and um, and LSU only spent 740. That, that's probably the most surprising, the way they recruit um, right. and what they do. But maybe it's just cheap down there. Like, who knows? Like, maybe the it cost of living. The kids. <laughs> it was for real. So they, they put it in the bottom. They had, like, they had, they had 
10 of the 15 members of LSU's recruiting class were from the state. Two others are from Texas around the Houston area. So it's like, just oh. like you're not, you're not getting as many crazy, crazy spin. Yeah. Yeah. I can see that. All right. Yeah. If you recruit locally and then, you know, cost of living in the area, you can probably, maybe that's how uh, Rutgers spent so much money. You know, it's expensive up there. Right. I think like, I feel like, yeah, it's gotta be. And also Jersey only gets like the Jersey will always put out like four highly ranked recruits like Mika Fitzpatrick's from Jersey. Yeah. I mean, you go all the way back to Myron Roll, right? Yeah, that's right. But like, yeah. I think if I was a kid in Jersey, like the first thing I'm trying to do is get the fuck out of Jersey. Like, so it's like, I mean, man, you know what? I just thought about it, man. Jersey puts out studs. I think Rashawn Gary was from Jersey. Yep. Right. Like, yeah, they, 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 now per capita, they probably got the most like top five players, like for such a small area when it comes to football. Like, right. it's, it's you know, definitely basketball country, but yeah, man, it's, cool. sure. it's crazy. Um, no, so that's that's the end of the, the whole recruiting thing. I just thought it was, it was really bizarre and, and we'll put out some um some more numbers about it like this week on social media and stuff like that because there's still some interesting stuff and I, I tell you what you just look at the averages from those schools though when you add them up um and the the sec like had they averaged for every all 13 teams that were reported was 1.75 million dollars and it was almost five hundred thousand dollars more than any other pro- power five conference in the country so um yeah. moving on to a team and a Topic that I don't always like, but you are close to and it's near to your heart, and that's Auburn. Oh, okay. How much do you miss Brian Harson right off the bat? Tons. Every day I wake up and I just peel potatoes and I just think about just <laughs> that. I just when I get ready for my breakfast, I'm just thinking like, damn, I wonder what kind of protein shake Coach Harson is drinking in that house in that oh, race car. Oakley's inside with those Oakleys inside. Doing his podcast, huddle with Harsh. He had a pot, man, dog. Listen, man, they was like, hey, Harsh, you got to open up. He was like, got it. Like, no. okay, so you're going to call more recruits? Nah, recruits are going to call me. <laughs> <laughs> Brian Harsh, <laughs> fuck you, Brian Harsin, you are. The way, the way he did carry himself down there, and I still think he got a bad rap in a lot of ways, but he did carry himself like it was very clear he was not going to recruit and didn't think it was important, which is just asinine to me. But the way you just described him makes me feel like, like somebody that like, like the, the person that was like hot shit in high school. And then was like, yeah, I'm probably going to go D one. <laughs> well, I wrecked my, my shoulder. Uh, <laughs> That's they, they like didn't want me. So I'm going to, I'm going to go Juco. And then, and they end up like, just like, bartending at like some place called like Mike O'Malley's or some shit. It's like a Irish pub in Lilburn. Man, you know, you know who Brian Harson reminds me of? The Terminator. Uh, what movie is that? It's the movie uh golly, Meet the Fockers, the perfect guy, Owen Wilson, <laughs> when he was perfect. Yeah. Like if you put a buzz cut and he was like the perfect guy, he was like, yeah, well you know, I do A, B, C, D. You gotta think, can you imagine how hard it would be for to like stomach Brian Hartson if you already didn't like him with That's another fifteen million dollars he's rich as a bitch like it yeah. doesn't matter like what are you gonna tell Brian Hartson yeah you sucked as a coach yeah <laughs> let me make it right, right on your right. mama like like he could do that like he yeah. can't like also like, I would no. pay I wouldn't pay fifteen million 
but I would pay tens of dollars to watch Devin Harson peel potatoes on, on OnlyFans. Like, I don't even care how that sounds. We don't <laughs> do I'm just going to tell you. I, I'm just like, I, no shame on that. Okay. Um, okay, right, so okay, okay. But yeah, 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 yeah. Harson, sorry. But okay, so, let me say this about Coach Harson. Yeah. I met him a couple of times. And every time I met him, he was cool one-on-one to talk to. Right. Like, I never had a bad – out of the two times I met him, and both times there were times he wasn't expecting to talk to a member of the media. I don't even think he knows I was a member of the media. Member yeah. of the media. I think he just was like, hey, what's up? And I just walked up to him like, hey, I work for – and he probably was just like, who is Right. I'm Philip Dukes with 20 on Like, he didn't yeah. hear me. But just talking to him about like, you know, I think we talked about his son playing quarterback. We were at Under Armour Camp. And – um. So I will say this, like, he didn't get recruited in the SEC, but yeah. he wasn't as bad as a guy as people made him out to be. Oh, Harson? Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, like, I, I think he's like, yeah. I still, I just still say, like, the way all that shit went down, it's, it just sucks. And we don't need to get into it, obviously, even though we're already into it. But he's like, I, I think that it just, I don't know if there was a worse fit ever between a fan base and a coach and and like a lot of that falls on Auburn because they're the ones that signed them like they're the ones that try to you know like it it, it you know if you stay out of your if you stay in your lane and you don't have to have a, a ad handhold you through a, a hiring process and and like have him make the hire right. for the first time ever like you're probably in a different boat anyway um all right new the new coach there Hugh Freeze now Hugh. I don't know was that I say Hugh, I love you. I a lot of all the people do love you. Um, I think that I think he's going to do well there. Obviously, right? Like we saw him do well at Ole Miss, and and the resources you have at Auburn are are far vast to, or they're just way better than I think what you could potentially get. Like the sky's the limit in terms of resources that he could have there. You already saw the, the facility, the indoor facility. It's like a ninety-three million dollar build. And they got that done. Um, that being said, so he he said something interesting this week. And the two biggest things that I've like wanted to keep an eye on with Auburn in spring football, right, is right. the quarterback situation, and then what mm-hmm. other offensive player is going to stand out? Because last year you at least had Tank Bigsby, right? You don't right. have him anymore. I think Jarquez Hunter's back, right? Who is a very yeah. underrated back, and I think people just kind of assume, like I, I think if you ask like just like a, a casual fan, they probably assume he's like a Jameer Gibbs type where he's explosive in space and he's like a speedster and all kinds of stuff. He breaks a lot of big plays. That dude can run between the tackles and he's tough. Like he's, I mean, you saw it firsthand that Penn State game when you're on the side. Right. But the the comments made from Hugh Freeze about doing the spring game with like an in-state opponent. And I think his idea was like bring – let Bama play UAB and, and Auburn play Troy or vice versa or whatever, set that game up. I like that. I feel like it's like a fun idea and it is a, a doable idea until somebody gets hurt. Like somebody of like significance gets hurt, but he did bring up a good point. Just logistically speaking, like you're already minimizing or diminishing your chances of getting hurt by playing another team. Right. Like right. you're not, because you're not putting like bodies on bodies, like from your own squad, like wearing the same helmet. Do you think we ever see that? Absolutely not. Okay. Fair enough. No, I don't. I mean, it's just one of those things where it's like the gatekeepers of how things have always been will probably never go for it. Probably yes. so much red tape, and you won't be able to figure out how to get the money and the TV rights. 
so much goes into it outside of the actual football yeah. playing that if it was just like, yeah, football playing, absolutely, right? But uh, so much would go into it because of how college sports is ran by the NCAA. It's, it would just get weird and conference yeah. play and how much do we get in conference split. I think it's an awesome idea. I would love to see that, right? Like, because, um, but, you know, um, yeah, I think the red tape and the financial aspect of it to keep it from ever happening. Yeah, I'd agree with that. I think, I mean, like, I don't want to date myself, but I remember in like 2002 even, and I think it's probably different just because of what Bama was, Bama was in like on probation again. And it was like right. something where they were like, all right, well, we can't get all these extra games or practice or whatever. So they set up like a JV scrimmage at, against Georgia Military College and went to Milledgeville and played them in 2002. And it was like, you know, I, I don't, I don't remember the score or any of that kind of shit, but I think that was only 20 years ago, but it seems like it was like a hundred years ago. Like, I, don't, I just don't see that happening again. Um, no. Being close to the program with Auburn, my biggest question is quarterback, even though there's a lot of stuff, there's a lot of stuff like that roster is not super deep. I don't like how, how quickly do you see the turnaround from freeze? And I don't mean like him having a winning season and being better than Harson. Cause I think he's that already. Like he will, he's shown in the past. He's better than Harson. He'll the, the wins will come, but like, how quick is the turnaround in terms of what Auburn fans have their expectations at, like those levels? I think it's one of those new coach, quirky Auburn seasons, like right. maybe next year, just because there's something special about what goes down in Jordan-Hare Stadium when mm-hmm. everybody's on the same page and everybody's happy. And it's it's been so long, it's almost like the universe is going to put that into play. I see it in the next two years, especially with the transfer portal. Uh, you think about the last two times that Auburn has been really good. It's been because they've gotten two really good transfers, you know, yeah. Cam Newton and Nick Marshall. So I think with the transfer portal even being like right now, Auburn is a better team right now just because they do – they have a totally – four of their five starters in a, on the offensive line this year didn't start last year, uh, okay. beginning of the season. Um, they're going to have three starters out of the transfer portal. Um, they got good in a hurry up front. And these guys are good. Like uh, the offensive tackle came from Tulsa. He's a, uh, he, they got three guys on the NF- that are probably play NFL football out of the transfer portal, which I think yes. is amazing. Um, then just the morale, like it's almost like going, you seeing the bottom, right? And yeah. now everybody, everything's good. Did you hear what Hugh Freeze said yesterday? What did he say? Right. He likes McDonald's. Oh my God. <laughs> he's my kind of guy. Carson hated McDonald's, dude. <laughs> it. It's like, no, that's, like, I right. mean, yeah, I think like when you, and, and I don't, if that's rock bottom, like, then that just speaks volumes still of the program. And I think I, I always say this, I, I, I joke around about it all the time, but I've said this before about Auburn fans. I always say that they're too stupid to insult. And I genuinely mean that as a compliment in terms of the fact that, like, no matter how far down they are, they're always going to have support. They're always going to have the fans show up. They're always going to have the fans show out, all that kind of shit. I mean, I went to the game that I met you at, like for the A&M game, you're talking right. about two, three, and six teams, and it was one of the best atmospheres I've ever been to. It was awesome. It was it was cold as hell, but, I mean, Man. that was fucking awful. But oh, it was right. it was awesome. Like, like the stadium itself, like people were fucking fired up. I, I do think, like, so you, you've got to go get a quarterback in the portal. Okay. And I don't know if it's even – if it's even like a waste of time to talk about it, but we're going to have to, because it's my job. Um, But like, and and Robbie Ashford can still start. 
we're going to see an influx of people into the portal after spring games when starters are announced or when they, you know, are, they come out with depth charts. Any insight, any idea of where they look to for the quarterback and also anywhere, like any other position that is the other biggest focus there? I think Auburn has to get two positions out of the portal uh, in order to be successful this year. One is going to be quarterback, obviously, and the second is going to be edge rusher. Uh, okay. you got to get somebody who can get to the quarterback, who can bend the edge and do it on a consistent basis. Losing Derek Hall last year was huge, right? Yeah. So uh, who's going to get to the quarterback? you got the D-tackle. they got a really, really good uh, D-tackle from a former five-star from Kentucky, Justin Rogers, I think is his mm -hmm. name. And they said he's been showing out. Got a really good guy from Maryland. Um, so they'll be really good up front. They'll be they got some transfer portal linebackers, they'll be good in the middle, better than they yeah. were. I would say as a total unit, they'll be better even with losing Owen Papo. Mm -hmm. Secondary is going to be a strength. Um always. So yeah, the edge rusher is going to be huge. And the quarterback, if I were to say somewhere that they would uh, look to, I would think the NC State quarterback battle. Yeah. Be somewhere that you would see Auburn kind of be looking at taking the peek at uh, MJ Morris is somebody that a lot of people have uh, made mention of, of potentially uh, jumping into the portal. Let's say he doesn't win the job. I think the uh, they got another uh, they got another transfer portal guy in at NC State. I forgot where he came from, but he has starting experience uh, power mm -hmm. five. <clears throat> and I think uh, MJ with his connections to Auburn, his dad is a uh, that was really close to some guys on Auburn staff previously. Mom yeah. was an Auburn grad. Um, I, he didn't have the senior year that he wanted. Uh, well, actually, he did. His junior year when MJ Morris was like all world. Tom Lennon right. says he's the best quarterback in the world. Um, excuse me, top quarterback in the nation. He um, kind of fell off a little bit after that, and then he got it back at the end. But I think some of the schools had moved on, and Auburn was a school that he always wanted to be at. So yeah. if I were to just pick against the field of a quarterback that could be uh, option for Auburn in the portal after spring, I would probably say MJ Morris. Not that I have any inside yeah. ball on that at all, right? Like I don't. Still, yeah, <clears throat> like that's, just I mean, makes that's, sense. And he he probably and I I would think he would be the starter at NC State, right? So yeah, that's interesting. But, uh, that, that's why I would probably look first. That doesn't mean that Ashford can't win it. I I just think you got to bring him in for competition. I mean, yeah, I mean Ashford, uh, his game, right? So uh, he's been hurt some in the spring. He hasn't in digesting the new playbook uh and freeze really likes to get vertical with his uh passing right like yeah so you got to be in it, it's really a gus malzahnish offense right mm -hmm. like you're going to run a little quarterback power quarterback read you're going to run the ball but then when you take your shots you got to hit them because you may run two series of plays in your play script you may have nine in your play script just to hit one right and you got to hit that one so the accuracy at that point is going to be huge so I think you'll see less of the uh, perimeter game when it comes to some of the quarterbacks that they're like right now. You just can't. Yeah. Right? You, you don't have the quarterbacks that you need to run the offense. You've got TJ Finley, who's still there. A, yeah, he's still there. I, I, I'm not sure what happens after spring, but he came out. Uh, he was getting a lot of the first team reps coming in. Uh, yeah, TJ Finley was getting a lot of first team reps. TJ so. Finley is like the fucking FDR of. He's like somehow he's got three terms and he's also his legs don't work, so it's just a whole thing. <laughs> oh shit, man. <laughs> 
Um, oh, okay, that's interesting though, because I, I and I, I do think and Finley was like a four star recruit. He he won you that game against Georgia State a couple years ago, which is like I mean it's like right. it's not for nothing. Like I, I think there's just so many pieces in place they got to put together. But I think you brought up the fact that it's like a Malzahn-ish offense. I think it's way better than a Malzahn offense because the Malzahn offense was we didn't realize that that like you hit so many big explosive plays like in the receiving game early with Malzahn's career because of like. You know, a couple broken plays. You had Nick Marshall who could throw it a hundred miles. Like he had a right. very elevated arm. Um, you saw what he did with Cam, and Cam was like, you know, like you know, a great, great passing quarterback, especially in college. I think he had like a sixty-seven percent completion percentage, put up almost three thousand yards passing. But like, I mean, you you don't have Sammy Coates on that roster. You don't have um, who's the other big one they had number one that was so good. Good. Um... He was like he he physically fit the bill, but he was right. not. He, he kind of underperformed, I think, a little bit. Uh, Duke Williams. Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. But, like, I don't know if you really necessarily need that, but you look at what what Freeze did at Ole Miss. I mean, Bo Wallace was a 3,000-yard passer twice. Like, I mean, twice. he put that up there. Like, And I, I think Shea Patterson got injured, obviously, early in his career, but, like, the the stuff with um, Chad Kelly. Like, Chad Kelly is one of the most underrated SEC quarterbacks in the last decade. I don't care. Oh, sure. does. But, like, he, he put up, like, huge numbers in that offense. They are going to air the ball out, and when he starts getting recruits in there, it's going to be. It's this kid be they got out of Arkansas, he is basically a Chad Kelly clone, like six four, two twenty. He's like the classic. Actor. Yeah, I mean he. he yeah. <laughs> like you know, he's a linebacker playing quarterback. He's got a yeah. cannon for an arm. He's not scared to uh, tuck it and run. So more of a dual threat uh, quarterback. I think he'll fit really well in Freeze's system, man. It's an excited time at Auburn, right? Guys are excited. Yeah. Uh, you you kind of got the Bruce Perlis type deal, like, oh, he's a bad boy, but he's been redeemed by the water. <laughs> and, uh, by, <laughs> what's that lake? By Auburn? I keep forgetting the name oh, of the lake. Uh, lake Martin. Lake yeah. Martin. Redeemed yeah. in the waters of Lake Martin. <laughs> and how he frees. The son of the South has returned. <laughs> like, if you're not, if you're not, like, I just can't express to you how fucking accurate that whole thing that you just jokingly <laughs> did is with some Auburn fans. It's like, well, we talk about Pastor Hugh. Pastor Hugh's going to come down there. Brother Hugh. Um, also, yeah, and friendly reminder, and I'm not going to make too much fun of it because it is it is Holy Week, um, and Easter is on Sunday. I know my mom is probably listening, so I just, want, I mean, just a shout-out. Like, I don't know how if you go to Easter or whatever, like on sure. service or whatever, but like – my producer has, has like forced me to say this. He wants to remind everybody that this Sunday morning, like the best noise of the off season is open up your hymnals to this absolute fucking banger of Jesus Christ has risen today. So that's going to be something we could all look forward to. Um, anyway. For no, sure. So so the, uh, the whole thing with Auburn, I think, I think there's a lot of interesting insight there. Um, and I appreciate that. The other stuff we're talking about, like from, it's not necessarily portal quarterbacks, but one of the schools is there's three, like, Spring games next Saturday on the 15th that I think really stand out to me. And one's Ohio State, one is Ole Miss, and one is Texas. I want to also give a giant fuck you to ESPN for not putting any of those games on ESPN. All of them are on the Longhorn Network. There's one on the Big Ten Network, and the other one's on SEC Network Plus. So you got to get a subscription to ESPN, apparently. But you know what team is on ESPN? I'm not even going to talk about Colorado. <laughs> um, I, listen, you know why? I'm going to have to block – everything that rj young is associated with at some by some point because that oh, guy wow. i've never seen someone 
that has tried to ride someone's coattails more than, than he is currently with Deion Sanders. It is. And that's all I have to say about that. I, I will stay out of it. Dog. Yeah. You fine. Fine. <laughs> um, anyway. Okay. So we talked about the Auburn thing. There's I, like of these three, I think the most interesting of the three quarterback battles, I think these are the three biggest arguably quarterback battles. And I'm not, I'm including Bama when I say this, right. but I think these are arguably the three biggest in the country um, for teams that we're going to compete. And the reason I don't have Bama on here is because I think with the new offensive coordinator, Tommy Reese, you're going to see them go to more of a run game anyway. So they're going to be run first. They average about 60% of their, their play calling is in the run game. Um, so I don't know who, who's going to be the starter there, but I will say in Texas, I think that people are really sleeping on Quinn Ewers still. I also think at Ohio state, it's not like the, the bus is going to drive itself with, with whatever quarterback you play. But with right. that offense, like we've seen Ryan Day be just masterful with quarterbacks and whoever's at the helm, right? You know, he's had some talent, like, and he's got a lot of talent to work with, though, too, um, especially with the skill position plays or players. And then the last one I think is the most interesting is Ole Miss. Because I don't – the clusterfuck that's that quarterback room at Ole Miss – I think if you yeah. ask anybody that they all, all three of those guys think they could start. And I don't know who's going to start. What is your takeaway from those three teams? Like, where do you think the, the biggest statement is or the biggest um, news we, we get out of next Saturday from that? Yeah, absolutely. Texas, right? Arch yeah. and all world. Uh, you know, he's got the naysayers that he's just the name. He's basically the Bronny James of college football. Uh, <laughs> you're only good because of your last name. And, uh, right. I think he's a like, didn't play anybody in high school. I think he's a really legitimate contender. Right. But Quinn Ewers is like the son of Texas. Uh, he went, he comes back, and actually has a hell of a season last year. I mm-hmm. think he'll be really good again if he gets the opportunity. And then you start to see if the influence of the boosters, right, or whoever, like you, you start to feel like maybe we'll know where is Texas back for real. Like, right, right. Are they going to do the right things? Like, you know, I feel like the right thing to do is to start Quinn Ewers at least. Like, don't take it from – like, make right. Archman and earn it with bullets flying. Like, yeah. There's no way that he can be that much better than Quinn Ewers right now in practice for you to say right. anything but Quinn Ewers is your quarterback. So, I think yeah. that's probably be the most intriguing thing is Texas going to Texas it up, right? Right. They're going to do eight and four? Right. Yeah, exactly. Right. So – like and, and and really to go even into the season, I know we're talking about spring, but how long is the rope on Quinn Ewers? Like, yeah. you know, how much string does he have? Like, you know, when do you pull him? Because you got and Quinn Ewers basically is a dog for staying, mm-hmm. uh, knowing that you're recruiting Mister All World, right? Who would have scared? He could have went anywhere, but he wanted to go to Texas, and you know how hard they had to recruit him. With how's that conversation? Like you go to Quinn Ewers and you know, and you're like, hey, uh, yeah, so yeah. we're gonna going to get a Archman. Right. What'd you say? <laughs> we're gonna get a wasn't anybody, even though he wasn't like you know, there's there was what were there there are five five star QBs in like the top seven of the country last year. Yeah, yeah, you're right. Yeah. And you're gonna see some, like it was a crazy year. Um I really thought Arch was going to go to Georgia. Like, how crazy would that have been for him just to be the guy, just to walk in? Nobody yeah. has any playing experience over you. Um, you know, Brock Vandegrift hasn't played. Uh, what's the other kid? Uh, Gunner hasn't played. And right. 
Carson Beck is the presumed leader right now. So we'll, well see I mean, enough. They I will say this too though, because they have like and I'm trying I saw it the other day, and there's they had the highest ranked recruits in the history of the recruiting cycle. And it was 24-7 sports to put it out there. And yours, I think besides maybe Vince Young, yours is the highest ranked quarterback recruit ever, ahead of Trevor Lawrence, ahead of Justin Fields. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he was behind Jadevian Clowney and maybe Vince Young. And I think, and I think it was like that fucking linebacker that went to Miami or Florida State, DJ Williams from like 2000. I know, tough, tough. But I mean, like, that's like, but he's like fourth on that list. And those were like the highest ranked recruits. Of all. Oh, Rashawn Gary was also in there as well. He was, he was ahead of him. So okay. you're talking about like, and maybe he's a bust. Maybe he misses. I don't know. I don't think he does. But I think there's so much also that goes into the stuff at, at Texas. Um, I was in radio last week, and, and one of the guys was like, he, he was just going on and on about how he didn't believe in the play calling. And I was like, if there's anything I believe in with Sark, it's the play calling. Like, I'm not worried about that. Right. Um, but I, and I brought this up on the last episode, too. There's, a, there's an overhaul with that roster where you've had, when Sark came in, he's like, well, we got eight offensive linemen and 18 receivers. Like, that's not... Like that math ain't math. And like, what, the <laughs> like, what is happening? So I think that, I think that looking at that, um, I just, I just, I fully believe in Texas. I think they've done enough. Like they've short the offensive line. I don't know what that defense is going to look like, but from an offensive standpoint, I love what you said though. Like, where is the leash? Like how, how long is the leash on, on yours? Because if Arch is everything we think he is, then, you know, like, I, I think, I think then, like, you know, he might push for time at some point. But the other thing is, and I don't know who the third stringer is, but you know he's got to be at least a four-star or better. Right. Where does that kid end up at the end of spring practice? Because the one thing I would be most confident about, about uh, over all of this or any of this is I think Ewer starts. He's going to be draft eligible for this year. Then you have two years at least with Arch Manning. I don't think either – I don't think another quarterback steps on the field at Texas in, in the next three years between those two. Right, absolutely. I can go for that. Yeah. So, um, all right, man, let's close it out here. We got, um, this is good. I appreciate it again. Um, we've got, hold on. Go dogs. Don't even <laughs> that is, uh, that is pepper. She is also reporting all my tweets on, hold on. Dukes, just plug, plug your shit real quick. Plug yourself while this is happening. Hey, so check me on out on Twitter and Instagram at Dukes the Scoop. Check me out on OnlyFans at Dukes. The- <laughs> just just getting in a good look, just getting some SEC loving. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, man, but check me out on Twitter, Instagram, Dukes the Scoop. Uh, Twitter's our undercover. Tomorrow, I've got a, a really good interview with uh, highly ranked quarterback Aaron Nolan before he makes his decision. So check that out. Be my first uh, national interview. So check that out. All right, I think we're safe here. Um, let's close out with this. We were gonna do top five bucket. Li- God damn it! Um, <laughs> that's like the one thing we're not supposed to say on this podcast either. Um, all right, so t- uh, the Masters is this week. I don't know if you- have you ever been to the Masters. Yeah, actually, I have. Fuck you, Dukes. That's my what? I mean, like, I, look, okay, <laughs> listen, I'm just going to say it, and we know each other well enough that I don't feel bad for saying this. With my haircut, it, it makes no sense that I've not been to the fucking Masters. I've lived in the state for <laughs> once been to the Masters. My mom has been. She almost got kicked out of the whole fucking course because she sat down in the, the, the walkway. I just, 
it makes no sense to me. I haven't been to the Masters. All my friends have gone. Um, I hate it. I just want to go so badly. But I also, I'm not, I'm just not in pastel color shape right now. Like, I, like I, you know what I mean? Like, I don't, I don't know if I could be squeezing into enough Lacoste stuff right now. But, um, <laughs> but I will say, like, like it, it brought up the idea. We're going to do close out with top five, um, our top five non-football kind of bucket list things that, that um, you want to go to in sports. And I'll start. You can go second or you can go first, either one. Um, I got to go. I want to go see John Jones fight. Okay. How old is he now? Just like 36, maybe? 37? Uh, that's young. <laughs> <laughs> I'm 36. Yeah, in a month to so shut up um hold on but so you like what, what, what is that number one on your bucket list no nah, i just like one i just thought of like you know what i would like to go see him fight one yeah. time because it's not much time like right like yeah no you know, if you're, watch- 36, you're dying soon trust me i know like I've, i I was <laughs> dead inside a long time ago so it's like <laughs> oh shit <laughs> um okay let me you think of yours and i'll, I'll give you mine real quick All right. i have so at Five, fifth, I would love to see a World Series game at Fenway Park. Nice. I, I would like Fenway's the best. It's like, it, like I, I fell in love with the, like Fenway and like not the Reds. I'm a Red Sox fan because of Fenway because Fenway's the best. Um, at four, I have uh, what do you call it? The uh, Kentucky Derby. Mm. Like, if, but you would have to go. Like, I would only want to go if I had, like, enough disposable money that I could just fucking throw around um, and buy a hat, like a like a fancy. Like I, like, I would go and just, like, try to immerse myself in the experience. And what I mean by immerse, I mean, like, I would take in all of the things. So I would gamble recklessly, like I do anyway. Right. I would definitely wear some sort of seersucker shit. But I'd probably just go all out and get one of those hats that women wear, too, just to be like, listen, I'm putting all this in. <laughs> I don't give a shit if anybody's making fun of me because I'm so bourbon drunk right now that I like I can't even speak straight. So that dog, be- do you know what we should do when we finally like get the money that we deserve from sports media? Like that. We're gonna go to the Kentucky Derby and we're gonna recreate Jack Harlow and Drake hanging out at the Kentucky Derby. <laughs> and we're gonna it is gonna be me and you. We're gonna be like Tommy and fucking Ghost. And we're gonna go in there. We'll show our asses. We're gonna throw money around. We're right, well, gonna shit. We, you gotta carry me. I'm Jack Harlow, obviously of this of this setup. So no like, way. How'd you come up with that? But <laughs> <laughs> also, it's because I'm too dainty. Like you're gonna somebody's gonna have to carry me with my feet up like this the whole time. Like, <laughs> you know, Bernies and take me off the fucking off, over the mud. Um, oh, okay, we gotta go. That's three. dope. I think this is like this. This could arguably be number one for me, but I'm gonna put it at three. First weekend of March Madness in Vegas. Oh, like, wow. Because of this. Like, I'm saying, I don't care if the games are there, but having, like, a setup, like a sports book, first weekend of March Madness with all those games, that's fucking legit. Dude. The Westgate, 150 yards of TVs, that, that's, like, a dream. Um, and then, two, I have Masters, and one, I broke my own rule about not football. I got the Rose Bowl, man. I, I would love to see. Oh, wow. I, like, I've never – I've been to the, the like, stadium – I've never been to the actual like a game there, and I don't even. It doesn't even have to be like a Bama national championship. I just want to. I want to be at the Rose Bowl for a game, January first. That's what I got. What about you? All right, so I already went five. I'll say a John Jones fight, uh, mm-hmm. wherever it is. I just want to see him fight in person. 
Uh, four, I would probably have to go with the Falcons in a Super Bowl. Like and that brings up that like that's the, such a quick sentence, but in such a roller coaster. Just yeah, I I I I wanted to go last time when it was in Houston. I'm kind of glad yeah. I didn't now. For real. I just want to see the Falcons in the Super Bowl as a favorite. Let me say, yeah, that. yeah, right, a win, uh, right, right. Okay, um, I think third, I gotta go see a heavyweight boxing match. Yeah, um, Tyson Fury versus whoever. Like if he does come back, like but just whoever that. Maybe yeah, heavyweight. Just yeah, a really yeah, yeah. good heavyweight fight, right? It's, it's 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 like they're like the dinosaurs of boxing. Yeah. Boxing is like one of the dinosaurs of sports as a whole. So, so crooked too. Uh, that sucks, man. Like I hate that shit because I used to. Yeah, know, I know, right. It, like, I'm actually going to. Uh, I'm going to see uh, Tank and uh, Ryan Garcia fighting in a couple of weeks. So that'd be fun. That'd be cool. It's my first fight, uh, Vegas. Okay, nice. Good for you. Yeah, real you Instagrammy like, type of type of deal. Yeah. Um I'm gonna go. Second, probably to see the Lakers play in LA. That'd be fun. Uh, yeah, I've never been. So I'm not even a Lakers fan. I just think it's just one of the things you got to do. Yeah. And um, I would say the most I would love to do would probably go to see a overseas soccer game. Like oh, and like where like I went to one Atlanta United game and I have no idea what's going on in soccer and it was so lit. It's it fun, was right? lit. Man, matter of fact, uh, man, me and Walker, like Walker, Walker Flocker, like my partner, man, Walker went and he's just in there, like with the whole flag, and he's yeah. hitting the gong, and I'm like, bro, like, and it's like, yeah, yeah. <laughs> that's awesome, man. Like, that's like, that's like, I, I'm like a big fan of like the United, and I, and I, I keep saying, like, I'm assuming you saw him play in in M- MBS, but like. When they would play those games in Bobby Dodd too, it was awesome. It was awesome. Yeah, yeah, I do remember that. Yeah. So also, next time you talk to Walker Flock, I tell him that I was listening to that song um, with him and MGK, um, where Walker says, "I'm so motherfucking violent," um, and that's the moment I got shot on Ponce in 2016. So let him know he creates violence with his music. You got shot? And we're gonna get this story. Well, I'll tell you off air. But yes. Um, all right, that is all for this show. I'll, t- I'll tell you off air. Uh, that's all for this show. Motherfucker, it's Tupac. God damn. <laughs> what? It's hard to kill on my block. You don't get it. Uh, so, y'all, uh, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on all platforms. Just follow us on YouTube. Follow my new Twitter, Vern Funquist, without the E. We appreciate it, and we'll see you guys next week. All right, so here's what happened. Let me tell you the story real quick. Please do. Okay. So, and thank you again, by the way, for doing the show. Um, all right, so like 20, oh, we're still recording. Too. This is good.